0: One year later, it has been a real exciting ride. Getting to have my loved ones here by my side. Teenage me would love to find a reason, do I? Cause I'm shy now. This version of Joel wants to be your dog and guide. Another new season of Not Your sure Every Show starts. right now welcome back everybody to another episode of not your average joel so as y'all can tell i'm back here at disciples direction studio i'm here at my brother matt's house Uh, i'm glad that we're able to do another one here in person i'm definitely looking forward to talking about this topic because i feel like this is a topic that's very very significant in uh, regards to what's going on currently. I know by the time y'all see this episode is gonna be, this news is gonna be like a few weeks old, but um, but it is still like recent time uh, situation that's going on, even as y'all see this in November. So I uh, first wanna thank Matt for la- allowing me here and I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to doing this. So thank
1: you for having me here. Yeah, yeah thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be back on your podcast. Yes,
0: absolutely. and I'm, think that this is one that everyone is going to want to hear about. I, I feel like I've talked about this topic somewhat uh, throughout my podcast journey, but before I do tell everybody what this topic is about, I do want to remind everybody that, that my brother Matt does have a podcast on his, of his own. It's called Disciples Direction. Um, he's had it for probably as long as I've had. I think they may have oh, done it, it. Right at the same. Time. Yeah, the same like same day and everything. everything. Wasn't planned that way. <laughs> yeah, just that's how it worked. And uh, so he has like many expositional Bible studies. He has some farther back, like where he's done different books of the Bible. He's done like Philippians. He's currently got one in Luke, and he um oh, just got done with Ephesians not too long ago. So definitely check those out. He has some like discussion uh Bible study topical Bible studies um with him. Just some are him by himself, some are with uh his wife, Macy, um one of my our brothers, Jared. Uh he's been on some of the topics as well. So uh check those out as well. And then Um, Even if you go way back, he even has like some Bible passages of the day. And I think you still do those online on your website.
1: Yes, yes, I still do those on a written part. So really kind of my motto for our our, uh, Disciples Direction uh, uh, website and everything, just the whole uh, thing is, and we study the Bible every day so that's part of it's just the Bible passages that you can actually get through your email and everything go to our website and sign up for that. And so
0: yeah. yeah so yeah so he it just goes to show how important getting into the word is and he definitely understands that assignment and is obedient to God's calling on his life to make this a daily thing for not only himself to read into the Bible every day but for all of us to do that as well. So, yeah, definitely check him out. He has a Facebook page, Disciples Direction. He has a YouTube page. Now, last time we, I was here, he didn't have a YouTube page. Yeah. But now he does have a YouTube page of Disciples Direction as well. And he has a website, disciplesdirection.wordpress.com. So, definitely check all of that out. So, um, yeah, definitely give him some, uh, like, take some time to really listen to his content. because it's really good. And I'm definitely uh, learning a lot out of listening to some of his podcasts. So uh, so. anyways, today's topic of the day is actually going to be on peace. And I feel like I was telling Matt before this started that I feel like this is, it just shows that God's timing is perfect in this situation because um, for us, it happened just over this weekend, like here a day or two ago, that uh, Palestine and uh, Israel are in a war right now. They, Israel's declared war. And, I mean, I know for, for quite some time they've been having some back and forth. Yeah. But this is where it's kind of getting, things are getting a little bit worse. The whole, like, 5,000 missiles being shot towards Israel and all of that. So, I feel like this is, like, a perfect time to talk about peace in regards to that. On top of other worldly situations, like, even with Russia and Ukraine. And even with uh, even with our nation as a whole, with, like, political division um, child president and there's like so many so many things that uh, is causing division and uh, whether it's political religious whether it's uh, just all kind of different things so I think that peace is something that I'm sure y'all have heard me talk about from time to time I did a podcast on names of God with my friend Caitlin mm-hmm. and uh, and her friend Brennan and we talked about like, Jehovah Shalom. So like we did talk about um, the Lord is peace or the Lord is our peace um, during that time. And then I also talked about the fruit of the spirit, uh, which ironically, it was funny. It was my formal math teacher. <laughs> so we've kept up with one another and um, we talked about peace at that time. But we haven't had a topic where we just solely focused on peace. So I thought that this would be the perfect opportunity, and I think that this is, a, like I said, it just goes to show how uh, everything is aligned the way it should be, and that God's timing is perfect. So so yeah, today we're going to talk about peace. I have a few questions that I wanna ask Matt, and of course I'm gonna give some input into this discussion as well. And I'm already gonna tell y'all that this first question is already a question I've asked in the past, like as far as, um. As far as Jehovah Shalom when I talked about names of God with Caitlin but I feel like there's um there's always room for talking about favorite verses in regards to peace so I guess y'all know that that is gonna be my first question so we might as well just jump right (laughs) on into it so so what are some of your favorite Bible
1: verses on peace man there are so many verses that came to my mind of course I wanted to give a little bit of detail, so I'm not going to go into some full (laughs) exposition, but I do want to kind of give a little bit of background because I think the reason why this first verse that I'm going to speak of always sticks out to me is because of the, the context of what Jesus is speaking about, and it's going to be in John chapter 14. You may even have this one along on yours as well, but I just want to give everybody the the understanding of what this is speaking of. And before I get to that verse, I want to just kind of build up to the context of what Jesus is speaking about. In John chapter 14, this is the night of Jesus' arrest before his crucifixion. He knows, of course, exactly what's going to take place, right? And we know that he is the sovereign incarnate God. He's God, the son. He knows exactly what's going to happen. And he's sharing with his disciples as he's really done all throughout his ministry, but they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. But now he's really opening their eyes of what about is, is about to take place. All but Judas is there. So it's his 11 disciples, probably women and, and you know, maybe some other people, but definitely just a small group of people that he's sharing about that he's about to be arrested, killed, And taken from them. And then he gives them this promise. he gives them this promise and John chapter 14. And we were talking about just pulling up the word of God. I've got it on my screen, but I really just like reading out of the scripture. And he says this, John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, this promise that he gives. He says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper or advocate. That's what another version that I have here says to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. Now this is an awesome promise, really because he's starting to really tell them this is about to take place. And don't worry, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you as an orphan. He tells them, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm sending the Helper to come along with you, which we know is the Holy Spirit. And he gives them this this promise. And then he goes into the verse that I want to say in, in John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Now, the reason why I brought up the, the context before is because I believe when we see in this verse, my, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Mm-hmm. So this peace, I believe, is directly connected to the fact that the Holy Spirit is going to be with them. And I believe that Jesus is trying to give us the understanding here, and it's, of course his original audience, which was his disciples, but to us on extension further down in the timeline of life, we have this same promise that he's given us a peace that is not like the world peace. And the thing that I'm trying to get across is, is we have idea of what peace looks like, don't we? (laughs) We we may think, and I I know you've probably experienced this, as I have a peaceful morning on the beach, you know, and you know, we have that idea, and and that is peace, but that's not the type of peace that Jesus was given to them, Uh, or just a, a time alone somewhere without any distractions, without any issues, without any problems. That's the type of peace we think of when we think about peace, and sometimes, I think when people read this verse, that's what they're thinking of. But he says, I'm not giving it to you like the world gives to you. I'm giving you a peace that is beyond that. So what is this? I believe it's grounded in the fact that our peace comes from something that is not based off of circumstances. So Jesus is about to be arrested. He's about to die. He's telling them this, and he says, I'm giving you a peace that's different than what the world would give to you. And it's grounded in the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes into John chapter 16. He, this whole discourse from 14 to 16 is the, right before his arrest. 17 goes in what we call the high priestly prayer. Right after that, he's arrested. Yeah. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation, but take courage, I've overcome the world. So, you're going to go through difficult times. It's not, your peace is not based off of the circumstances that are around you, mm-hmm. but your peace is grounded in who Jesus is, who God is, what the Word of God says, and the Holy Spirit has been promised to that. So, I'm going to give some other verses, but I'm not going to go into detail. I wanted to go into detail about that one because I feel like a lot of people look at peace, even that God gives to us, as that worldly peace. Can he give that? Yes. But that's not primarily. We've got to remember, our peace comes from the fact that God has saved us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And in spite of the circumstances that we're faced in, and that kind of goes along with, we're not going to go into detail, but something that we were discussing even before this, that the circumstances sometimes of our life can bring upon, you know, just, uh, depression or, or problems and issues in our life. And yeah. we got to remember those circumstances in our life is not what gives us that peace. I also like Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But I don't like just stopping there. Mm-hmm. I like going to the next because I think this gives us the understanding of what we need, our focus of, of having peace is. But I believe the next two verses really gives us the practical application of how we can do it. How do we have this peace? He says, finally, brothers, in Philippians chapter four, verses eight and nine, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's dignified, whatever's right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and and if anything worthy of praise, consider these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. This is the key. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm-hmm. So it goes beyond just having the knowledge that God can give us this peace. That's what Jesus was trying to show them as well as disciples. Is, it, 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 is This is real. It's not based off of circumstances. It's based off of first your obedience to God and not in some legalistic way. Everybody hates the word obedience, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but for real, you know, it's, it's your obedience to God. And then, so I, I, I do believe that that's very good. And I just want to share... And, and I'm almost done. You know how long-winded I can get anybody. To, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I I want to share, and this, this uh, psalm, I'm going to share a psalm with you. This psalm doesn't really have, it doesn't have the word peace in it. But I think we see the picture of peace within it. Mm-hmm. And, and this psalm was at a time when King David was in flight for his life from his son Absalom. His son Absalom wanted him dead. And it was in this time that he wrote Psalm chapter three. Psalm chapter three, verses one through eight says, O Yahweh, how my adversaries have become many. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there's no salvation for him in God. And then this right here, this really sticks out to me. But you, O Yahweh, are a shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. I was calling to Yahweh with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I laid down and I slept. I woke, for Yahweh sustains me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who all around have set themselves against me. Arise, O Yahweh, save me, O my God. For you have struck all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to Yahweh. Your blessing be upon your people. And I look at this as in the most distressful time of his life, he's running from his son. For one, who would want to be running from your son that's going to kill you? Another, he's hiding out. Really, he doesn't know how this is going to go, but he puts his faith, his peace comes from the fact that he knows that God's going to take care of him in spite of the circumstances that he's faced with, mm-hmm. which is not very good. He, he, he ran from his life, it seemed like, all the time. You know, Saul wanted to kill him, Absalom, <laughs> somebody <laughs> wanted to kill him all the time. And he learned to have peace even during those most distressful times. But anyway, those are... Um, those are really things that really stick out to me. There's many, many more, but those are really the ones that I think stuck out to me for this podcast. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad that you brought those up because a couple of those that you mentioned, I did bring up not on this one this time, but I did bring it up in the past one. Yeah, uh, especially John sixteen thirty three about I take heart, I've overcome the world. I remember putting that one down because I remember my friend stopped me. She was like, Wait, say that again, and like I read it again. She's like, Oh yes, like she just love that reminder, and you are right that like many people do base peace off of the circumstances and their life and think that, like you said, maybe you know, going to the beach and like you don't hear no noise, you're descending, you hear seagulls the the water coming in, you're just like, Ah, this is peace' But and there's nothing wrong with that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. They're definitely, me, I love that. Yeah, I definitely yeah. love those moments as well. But yeah, you are right that like it isn't solely based off of the circumstances that we are in because, like you said, even with David, he was running from like, basically from many people throughout his life, but uh, especially this situation from his own mm-hmm. son, and it just goes to show that even in the midst of chaos. That you can find peace and i know we'll talk a lot more about that later mm-hmm. on here in a little bit but i just love that reminder that that even when the circumstances are not looking good when the odds are against you that you know that you can still find peace knowing that the lord is still sovereign and that there is still a plan out there and that that you can still take take heart because like um yeah. like we said that you know he's overcome the world and that we know how this is going to end. So I think that those are good reminders. And I have four different uh, Bible verses. So uh, like he said, there's so many different <laughs> Bible verses on peace, which is why I didn't mind asking this question again on this topic, because I knew that there's so many different different uh, verses on peace. Oh, yeah. and, Uh, And then also, I know there's this idea, there's two different ways to think of peace. Like, of course, you can think of God's peace, but then you can also think of peace as far as unity between two people, you know, one person versus another. So we will get into talking about both sides of peace. So I do both, um, four verses, I think two are about the kind of unity and two are about God's peace. So the first one I went into Psalms as well but it was in Psalm 29 so my first one is from Psalm 29:11, and it says this the Lord sits enthroned over the flood the Lord sits enthroned as King forever may the Lord give strength to his people may the Lord bless his people with peace and earlier in the chapter I was reading like the whole chapter 29 yeah. And I was seeing, I saw different phrases, like I, it was almost like a repetition of what I kind of read at the beginning of this verse. Like it said stuff like, uh, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. And then, like a couple verses later, it said, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Then, like maybe a few more verses after that, it says, the voice of the Lord flashes forth flame of fire. And then it said, the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness and the reason why i wanted to put this verse down is kind of going back to the conversation of god showing how god is sovereign in every situation that it's just mind-blowing to think of how even nature itself is obedient to god and that like he has control of that whole thing right and that's just mind-blowing to think of because there. There's one song I'm not sure if anybody's heard of it. I, I know you probably have, and I know my mom, de- our mom, definitely has. It's mm-hmm. um, it's called, it's by Nicole C. Molin, and the song is called My Redeemer, or no, it's Redeemer. That's yeah. um, it. Yeah. yeah. My Redeemer lives. Um, yeah, My Redeemer lives. And at the very beginning, like every time when we go on our family beach trip, my mom always likes hearing that song at the beach because <laughs> she's like, man, like, who told the ocean it can only go this far? And that's, like, a lyric within the song. Yeah. And so as I was reading this verse, I thought about that song, and I was thinking, man, like, and I just got chills just thinking about it right now. (laughs) Because it's, like, it is crazy to think that. I mean, yeah, there are times when, of course, a hurricane or something like that will come in, tropical depression, but it's, like, for the most part, it just, it comes in and it stops, and it goes right back in, and it's just so, like, amazing to think about how Sovereign he is even over nature, you know animals all of us, you know, of course So that's why I wanted to bring that one up and then the next one is from Proverbs It's from Proverbs 16 verses 6 and 7 It says by steadfast love and faithfulness Iniquity is atoned for and by the fear of the Lord one turns away from evil When a man's way pleases the Lord he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him and uh, i put this one down because i feel like some people can take it literally which i mean it can happen but like some people may think okay well like if i try to please the lord then he's just going to take away every problem from me and mm-hmm. that like that anybody that i've ever had an issue with it will get resolved which it is possible definitely god can do the impossible but you know sometimes it just depends on the situation and all of that but you know i, I wrote this down because I felt like it, it goes to show that, you know, some people stop believing because sometimes they they want an immediate answer. Like, God, if you're not gonna answer me right now, then then I'm done, I'm giving up on you. And it goes to show that sometimes God's answer is no in our lives Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not easy to take. Like if, like I was talking to Matt, I've talked about many, to many people about the situation of being single like I'm in now I'm just turned 30 not too long ago and you know the idea of being single it it doesn't sit well with me if I'm going to be honest I would (laughs) love at this point to be married and having children but it's just right now isn't God's plan for me so sometimes you know there are moments where I have moments of I guess feeling sorry for myself maybe I throw myself a little pity party if I'm going to be honest so uh, and you know I think it just goes to show that in not everything's going to immediately change for you if you start pleasing the Lord, if you start being obedient and worshiping the Lord, that sometimes it does take time. And that's where even uh, patience comes in. And, you know, that could be, you know, that you could even find peace, even in the midst of waiting for your answer. So that's something that I want to be more, I guess, intentional about, like being more, putting more, patience into my life really all of the fruit of the spirit of course involved more in my life but you know definitely inquire some more patience in order to kind of be at peace with the fact that i'm not married and i don't have children so you know i think that that was one reason why i wanted to put that verse down is because i can kind of relate to it because sometimes i think well god like i I go to church you know you think all these (laughs) things like you go to church you you don't do this, you don't do this, and and like, why am I still not married? But then th- then you begin to realize that really that's more out of a, in a way, of work-based salvation and also kind of like a selfish ambition kind yeah. of thing where it's almost like, all right, Jeannie, you didn't answer all my wishes. Like, why, why haven't you answered my wishes? I'm being obedient to you. I'm praying to you, worshiping you. So... I think that, you know, that one was a verse that I feel like I wanted to put in there because it's, in a way, I guess, a yeah. one that personally, I guess, affects yeah. me. Yeah. So, I do have a couple more verses, and this, the next two are from New Testament. So, <clears throat> this third one is uh, from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. It says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace and the reason why i wanted to bring this one up is because of course we know there's so much chaos going on in this world even if we're not talking about the wars that are going on even just spiritual warfare yeah. that's going on when it comes to maybe political beliefs when it comes to big major topics like like the lgbtq community and even about this idea of there's more than two genders like like there's so many (laughs) yeah crazy things that are going on and it just goes to show that all of this confusion to where people don't even know who they are how they even identify and i think that it's definitely the work of satan and the work of the enemy and there there won't be peace in that situation because the enemy wants to see confusion he wants everyone to be who am I? Like, who was I made to be? Like who am I supposed to love? And stuff like that. When the answer is here in our in the word, which I know you can't see, but it's right here in the word. <laughs> but but like many people don't even want to attempt to look at this. They want to look to the internet, look to technology for answers, look at look towards maybe a counselor that's maybe more secular that maybe is more worldly that mm-hmm. that wants to tell you that you should just be how you basically just go based off how you feel yeah and and that's to where brings is, brings more confusion oh yeah because i mean I, not that i've dealt with those personal things but like there are maybe different things that maybe i have gone based off my feeling and then it backfires on being and then i realize oh well maybe i shouldn't have done that i should have you know, went to the word when, because in my, me growing up as a Christian all my life, I I should know to go straight to the word, but there are times in my life where that, it isn't my first resort to go to, if I'm being honest. So I think it, I think that bringing up this verse, I think is significant in today's world, because I feel like many people are confused with their own identity, and, and uh, on top of many other things that there's a lot of confusion with. So that was the reason why I brought that one up. And then the final verse is actually going to be I'm going to read it out of the Word of God uh, because it's actually going to lead me into our, my next question. So uh, this verse is from Romans 16. Oh, wait, anyway, Romans 12, verses 16 through 18. It says this. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So I brought that one up because that kind of ties into the idea of being at peace with one another, uh, whether whether you are brothers in Christ, especially brothers in Christ, mm-hmm. or brothers and sisters in Christ, but even with those that are outside of the realm of Christianity, it's important to to kind of keep that unity as best as we can. So that kind of leads me to my next question, where of course I mentioned how we live in a dark world that's like consumed with division when it comes to in like, fighting about different things whether it's political beliefs religion uh, and all those other topics that I've talked about and you know as I mentioned in Romans 12:18 Paul tells us that we should basically try our best to live at peace with one another and sometimes it could be easier said it's easier said than done because sometimes we can fail in that area to where we do give in, and and maybe kind of maybe they're someone's looking for an argument and you fall into that trap and you go back and forth with them so i guess my next question is this so have you ever been in a situation where someone was coming after you based off maybe your beliefs and if so how were you able to manage to keep the peace with that person without it becoming something like uh, a physical altercation or something
1: like that yeah, I have definitely been in those um, because I'm, I'm very strong about the what I believe, and I, I'm definitely not for division. I'm sure I have been uh, one that has caused it. So uh, I did want to bring that up. I think that's probably pretty obvious that. I'm not perfect at any of what we're gonna be talking about and what we've already talked about. I mean, I have allowed circumstances to, you know, I haven't found peace in every circumstance. Same thing in this thing, that there has been many, many times, but I would say that mostly, most of them have been over the internet. That happens a lot. A lot of people like hiding behind the screen and they don't wanna talk face to face with people and they're more bold to say things towards you and even say things like that. But I do have a, 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 a personal uh, altercation that happened early, early in my Christian walk that I want to share. But once again, I do think that a lot of what I've dealt with, it has been, at times it has been political, but usually it's religious. It's mm-hmm. my beliefs. Um, and I, and that's one area I think I have I do have a hard time understanding how a person can be getting mad at me because I'm strong about the beliefs that I believe, but then when you're getting mad about that, then that means that you're strong about the beliefs that you believe. Exactly. So you're calling me, and I have been called a, a Pharisee, a legalist, somebody that's closed minded, someone that hates other people because of my beliefs. Yeah. And unfortunately it's not you always non-Christians that call me this it's also professed Christians as well Mm -hmm. and that's a sad testament to I think their testimony whether they are or aren't real Christians is not for me to decide but we got to think about that as we are calling ourselves professed Christians that we need to make sure that we are trying to bring about that peace because I actually did an exposition in Romans chapter 12 as well, where I did go through those verses. And I really, the whole thing was about Christian values that we all should have as mm-hmm. Christians. And that was one of them. And it reminded me back, uh, just thinking back on that, of Matthew chapter 5, I think verse 9, where Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount that we are called peacemakers you know Mm. and that is very difficult but yeah it 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 has happened but that one altercation that i had in person i do want to share just quickly because it was early in my christian walk when i talk about early i'm talking about weeks after i became a christian Mm. which now has been over 27 years ago and um it was very very uh, a heated discussion So before I got saved, I was one that got into the party scene as a a teenager and it carried over a little bit. I got saved three weeks before my 20th birthday, but I was still, I was—I graduated, I was still 17 when I graduated. I had a full-time job during that summer. I started working then. So I was, by this 19 years old, I mean, I was still living with our mom and dad, but at the same time, I mean, I was... I was an adult i wasn't just barely out of high school i was on adult type of <laughs> uh, uh, uh projecting of my life mm-hmm. doing the things that i but once again underage drinking i was not of age i was drinking i was going over to these people's houses anyway god saved me it was a miraculous saving i was in my room god saved me that's a long story but I had these friends that I got. I went and hung out with. They were. It was an older couple. They were about seven, eight years older than me, and I would go over there. They actually had a, a young child, and I would go over there, and I would just drink, and I would do things. Well, when I got saved, I just decided, I've got to cut all that off, and so I did. So for weeks, I didn't even show up. I didn't call. This was before everybody had cell phones, so you couldn't just text somebody, but eventually, one of my other friends reached out to me and said, they were wondering where I was at. And I said, well, I'll, I'll swing by there. You know, when I told that friend what was going on, and he thought it was weird that, it, you know, you got saved, what? <laughs> you know, you're not gonna be doing these things. Anyway, so I go over and I visit with them, and they ask me what's going on, and I tell them that I got saved, and that God's been changing me and transforming me into something that I was different. And they were, of course, prompting, what does that mean? And I was like, well, I'm not, drinking anymore. I'm not cussing anymore. I'm not smoking anymore. I'm not doing all these things that I was doing. I'm not mm-hmm. doing what little bit of drugs I did. I'm not doing these things. I don't want to do them. There's something that's changed within me. They had a lot of questions. And of course, had a, a two or three week old Christian, I did not know. But I did know some of them. But I decided, you know what, I'll go. And I told them this. I said, look, I said, let me go Let me study up on these things, and I'll come back with the answers to what the Bible says. I wanna just say that the husband, was he grew up a Catholic. Uh, The wife was the daughter of a Methodist preacher. So they they knew the Christian terminology. They knew enough to know what questions to ask. Mm. So I went, and this, by the way, was really what started me Bible studying. I was reading the Word, but this is really what got me Bible studying. So I'm thankful for this altercation that happened because it did bring about the drive to want to know more of the Word of God and what the Word of God had to say about certain topics. So they wanted to really know, basically, was drinking alcohol a sin? Things like that. Was the way that they're living their life sinful?
0: Hmm. It
1: was... How do you you get to heaven? You know, would they go to heaven if they died? It was very, very pointed questions that I knew that was going to be very tough to answer. Of course, weeks later, I do go back, and I go back with these answers, and I mean, looking back as a a more mature Christian, I probably could have answered them different, but I answered them the best that I knew how to at that time, but this Second time that I went and visited with them, they started at, uh, they, they said, What do you have to say? And I pulled out my notebook and I said, These are the questions you asked. And this is what the Bible says. I didn't give my opinion, but I shared what the Word of God says. I think I got to the second one, which I cannot remember which one it was, but I think I got about two in. It wasn't very far into the discussion, I know that. The the, the the woman, the wife, begins to yell and scream at me, telling me that I'm a judgmental hypocrite. He starts yelling at me and starts asking me different questions. And I'm trying to tell him, look, I'm not trying to offend you. You asked me what, the, what I believed, and this is what I believe now, is the Word of God, not my own opinion or whatever. And I didn't even get through, I know I didn't get through like the second one before they told me that I needed to leave. That if I didn't leave right that moment, I'm talking about get my stuff up, then I was going to get my, you know what kicked all over the place. Mm -hmm. And that they never wanted to see my face again. You hypocrite. And -hmm. I walked out and it was very scary, Yeah. but it was very hurtful too. These were my friends. Yeah. but they weren't my friends anymore because I would, I didn't agree with the way they were living. and uh, But I think that shaped me as a, a believer today. I knew that they were probably, now looking back, even in hindsight, I, I know that I've had many different altercations with different people, but not to that extent. I've had those, but and I've had discussions with coworkers and things like that. I know that this was what God built me to be. <laughs> to be, you know, and that was based off of that very first thing that I had to face with uh, a very difficult thing. Now, it, years later I did talk to them on the phone. Um, unfortunately, the wife had passed away some years ago, but uh, I haven't talked to them in years. But I did contact them every once in a while, and even their kids—they they remembered who I was and stuff. But uh, it was very—it was a very difficult time. So yeah, that was—that was one altercation that many years ago probably 27 years ago now that uh, happened that it was very difficult it Mm -hmm. was very very difficult but
0: yeah i can see how it would be because like so these are people that you you went over to their house you wouldn't be inviting strangers over to your house you'd only be bringing people into your house that you trust and that you know and love and then you for someone to turn on you like that just because of your faith i can see how that is very hurtful and I uh, definitely, I've never, for me, I've never personally been into a physical altercation, but I know, I'm sure you know the situation, but there was a situation a few years ago where I thought I was going to end up in a, yeah. being in a physical altercation with somebody. It it was <clears throat> over political differences. as kind of where the root of it was. Uh, things are better with this situation now, but that's the only time where I felt like I was I guess shaking and scared that. So even though externally I was told I wasn't shaking in this situation, but on the inside I was just because I'm not that type that you feel like you have to solve your issues by fighting and mm-hmm. and beating somebody up or getting beaten up or whatever the case is. <laughs> Cause I'm not. I don't. I don't know if I. I probably would lose in a fight. So. So. Uh, so that's the only time where I feel like that. I could have seen myself almost getting into a fight because there was a point during this conversation where it almost became a physical altercation because at one point i raised my voice. So I think out of that situation, I've learned, I'm trying to learn, sometimes you can't, it it is hard that when someone else is kind of raising their voice, either trying to talk over you and you're trying to get your point across, it's hard to, to kind of keep at that peaceful, calm level. So you feel like you have to go over and like yell over them to get them to either be quiet or, or, you know, sit down or whatever. And, and that made things worse in this exact situation. But I guess like out of how to like manage a situation like this, it is very hard, but trying to stay calm as best as you can is probably the way to go. But like, it's, Easier said than done because, like I said, I've felt in that situation with I raised my voice because this person was raising their voice, and like you said, like when it comes to it, it goes to show how passionate maybe someone else could be on their view on something, but then as soon as you try to raise your voice, that it's like don't be raising your voice at me and like <laughs> like you uh, like you're supposed like you need to listen to me and all this and. And sometimes, yeah, listening can be the answer as well. But then at the same time, you don't want to be looked at as a doormat. Like, yeah. someone just running over you verbally. So it, it is a, a hard situation. It's a hard balance. So depending on the person and the circumstance that I'm in, like when it comes to social media, if it's someone that I hardly talk to and they're trying to comment this long paragraph on something that I post, Nowadays, I ignore it. When I was younger, maybe more spiritually immature and just general-wise, whatever, immature, just in general. Um, I would say maybe I would answer back because I feel like, oh, I want to get the last word in. And like, you're not going to come on my post and say that. But now I feel like I ignore it depending on the person. If it's someone that I'm really close to, then maybe that talking person would need to happen But if it's someone that, like, oh, you never spoke to me in school, why would I even answer (laughs) you here now when you never even took the time to talk to me? So it's either ignoring or trying to listen and keep myself at a calmer level, which is hard to to do. So I think those are some ways that I guess I feel like I've definitely been in situations where I've had back and forth, whether it's verbally in person or on social media or text messaging, which those can be hard because sometimes the way that you write it, you don't think that you're coming off, uh, in a bad, like bad tone or whatever, but sometimes when the person receives that message and they read it, they're like, man, you're really mad (laughs) Like I'm not mad, but like, so that's like usually it's just better just to talk in person people. I take it from from experience that, that just talk in person and they can really read your, I guess, whatever, if you're coming, like, with uh, good intentions or if you're coming, you're not coming to fight, but, like, you're coming to to hear one another out. So, yeah, I think that those situations can be really hard because especially when it's something that you are, that you truly have strong beliefs in, um, whether it's depending on political party and also our faith as well. You don't want to feel like you are being ran over and feel like you're, Giving in to the other person, they're like, "Oh, well, yeah, I'll just basically bow down at your feet." But it's like, no, like at the end of the day, we do need to stand for the Word of God. But sometimes the delivery can come off wrong, yeah, to where it makes the situation it does more harm
1: than good. So, yeah, it's. uh, I mean, I think that's a very good point because I think the, it you have to think within yourself. You know, that other person, they're probably going to be offended if you try to to try to keep on going back against them, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody we all do that, we get offended because somebody's trying to go against our views or whatever, but you know internally what your motivation is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes my motivation's not been pretty at all. It's not been Christian, it's not been the way that I should. But it goes back to what you were talking about in Romans chapter 12, verses, I mean, he says, repay no one, no one, not just Christian brothers, no one evil for evil, mm-hmm. but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And when he goes on, you know, of course, if it's possible, so far as it depends on you live peaceably with all, beloved, never avenge yourself. So when you're in these discussions, if you're, are you bringing about peace by, yeah, we shouldn't be doormat. That is a very good point. But at the same time, is it going to resolve anything to bring about an honorable sense towards that other person? And also is it gonna bring about peace? Or is it something within me that just still wants to be right or the one yeah. that, you know and that's that's always tough. And believe me, I fail at this probably on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, I, <keep laughs> I mean I, I think this is one of those areas I struggle with, you know, it's like I let my I let my fleshly ego get in the way, yeah. you know, that, uh, and I say daily, it might be an extreme, but it is, it's very difficult to do that. And man, thinking back on that, and I'm glad that you brought those verses into this at the beginning, because I think for us and for the other people that are listening to this, that's the primary thing, is what mm-hmm. is your motivation when you are? Just like, and I, I sometimes I say, I wish I could go back to the way I was when I was first a Christian on some things, yeah. like I'm wondering if I was in that same situation, would I have left or what I would have thought. You know what? I'm just going to be bold and stand up, and I'm going to keep on telling them what I want to say. Yeah. Or would I have still walked out because at that time I still had such a fear that I was like I'm walking away from the conversation, and sometimes for me. I need to just walk away from a conversation that I know is going to bring about division because it's something that's bothering me to that extent. Yeah. But I feel, I think, more so nowadays at doing that than I used to. Yeah. And maybe it's because I've lost this principle in my life somewhere down the line and understanding that I have a goal to be a peacemaker, not to make my point yeah. and get that point across no matter what
0: yeah so yeah that's a good point that like yeah definitely like going back to the comment about being a doormat it is important that sometimes it is okay to just walk away from a situation because sometimes you you can just tell that if i stay here Mm -hmm. things are going to get worse or if i continue on things are going to get worse so sometimes just because you walk away from that situation doesn't mean you completely walk away like sometimes or that uh, you do walk away, but like, you know that maybe a few days later, or, or I guess in your situation, a few years later, yeah, uh, that kind of gets resolved. And <clears throat> well, I guess it just goes to show that even if in that moment you walk away, don't give up that like your friendship or, you know, that there will never be peace between you and that yeah. person, that it can one day be resolved. And uh, that actually, now that I think about it, it, goes into my next question that I have here. <laughs> Um, it kind of continued on this idea of having unity with one another. So, um, so I know that there are many people that come to our lives where we, we do fall into these moments where we get into an argument with somebody and sometimes whether it's us or the other person may say something that like really hits you like hard and, and yeah, you really hold on to that. And maybe let's just say a few days later, a few years later, however long it may be, you try to make things right with the person and they are unwilling to make peace with you. So my next question is this, and I bring this up because I feel like there's many people that have gone through this situation where they have gotten into a fight with someone and somebody doesn't wanna forgive them and move on. So here's my next question. So is it possible to make peace with the fact that there are some people in our lives that we are just unable to make peace with.
1: Yeah, it almost goes back to something you said about, you know, like how you would respond to someone on social media, you know. uh, When it's someone close to you, you know, I I do believe, and I, I even take, for instance, back to that situation, and I wasn't even thinking about that until just now, really, that back to that situation, you know, I feel like it didn't get resolved for some years, but I did try to reach out. I tried to reach out to them. They didn't answer for a long time. Then the wife started answering. Sometimes the son started answering. By this time, son's, you know, uh, probably 12, 13 years old. He was like three or four or five years old, but he would remember me and he would talk to me. They would let him talk to me. And, but, no matter when I called the, the, the friend, the guy, the husband, never wanted to talk. And it was years and years later that I finally got in touch with him when we talked and we didn't talk about the situation. It just kind of, I guess resolved itself to to an extent it was so far away or whatever, that it just wasn't a big issue at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do believe that, um, Depending on the person that you're in conflict with, how close you are to them. You know, I've been in some similar conflicts or whatever to other people that I wasn't close to, and it's kind of easier to move on from those and say, you know what, if that person still has a problem with me. It's not as big of a deal. As a matter of fact, I probably not going to think about it a week or two later, yeah. but a person that's close to you and you're, you're going to probably know situations even in my own life. Cause as a family, we talk about many things that uh, I've had uh, difficulties with some people in my life that uh, even in my own family really close to me, that seems to still want to, I guess, hang on to things that, um, that happened things that were said and and keeps i guess a distance from me because of things that were said and these people are professed christians once again it bothers me more i think when it's a professed christian that does not want to really have peace now they say they would say that they have peace, but I believe that they have a worldly peace. And I'm not trying to be judgmental because a worldly peace, I, I define a worldly peace like this, and it's, it's freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's freedom from disturbance. So that's easy just to say, you know what, I'm gonna remove this person out of my life and therefore I have peace. But the biblical peace that God brings about into our life, and when we're talking about being peacemakers, is not always just, running out the door, running away from someone. But it's more about bringing harmony yeah. and a security with one another and having that tranquility within a relationship with the person. So I believe that the Bible is very specific speaking of that type of peace in our life. So just removing someone out of your life is not really bringing peace. You might be at peace, but that's not biblical peace. Mm-hmm. Peace is about bringing the two people that were at conflict to a place where you can be at peace with one another. Now, I know there's going to be people listening to this, and I would probably even say that too, that would say, well, you don't know my situation. You don't know the person that I'm dealing with. And I know that there are certain circumstances that, yes, that it's going to probably be impossible for that to happen. But we got to try to do that. In fact, I wanted to share the, the the Greek word for peace in the New Testament. It's irene, and it means wholeness or when all essential parts are joined together. That's the peace that we've been called to as believers. So. To go on that question that you ask, is it difficult for me to deal with that? It is, especially when it is a professed Christian, because a professed Christian should look at this as, I don't need to just remove that person out of my life, but I need to try to find a way to have peace, like a peace treaty in a war. We're talking about Israel and all that going on right now. Probably eventually, maybe years, months down the road, there'll probably be another peace treaty between them, right? And that's really the idea that God wants between fellow believers especially, but not just fellow believers, but we as believers should be trying to accomplish with all people back to Romans chapter 12, that we should be looking to try to have some type of peace treaty. It's not that you bow down to their their views. It's not that you say, well, okay, well, we can agree to disagree and all this and that. It's just saying, hey, we're going to overlook those disagreements and we still love you. We still want to have a relationship with you. And that's what we should be doing. And when someone is not willing to do that on the other end, for me, it is very difficult. and It's caused a lot of issues within my own mind sometimes thinking about that for some of the people that's very close to me that I've had those difficulties with. So Mm. that's...
0: Yeah, and yeah, like you said, especially when it comes from somebody that you're in conflict with that is a fellow Christian, and when they kind of have maybe a more bitter attitude or close-hearted, like, you know, I don't want to talk to you attitude, it, it does kind of I guess their reaction kind of makes you react yeah. in a way to where if I'm going to be honest it's not a good attitude to have to, but to where uh, you end up kind of having that judgmental attitude like well maybe they really aren't Christian yeah. if they're acting <laughs> like that and and I mean, that's definitely not the right attitude but I have had moments where I've gotten into conflict with a friend in the past and, and maybe we go like a couple months mm-hmm. like maybe not really speaking. And then I think, you know, like if I try to reach out to them, they're just not answering me. Then I start thinking, well, maybe they really aren't Christian. They they put out there that they're this big Christian person and reality that maybe they're not. And that's, uh, of course, like it's not the right attitude to have. So definitely don't don't follow my example that (laughs) that I've brought up. Uh, But that was something that I've done in my past for sure. And I'm sure I have probably even to this day if I ever get into that situation. I hope I, I would learn from that situation, but I know that we're not perfect. Maybe we do fall into that attitude from time to time again, but we should try not to fall into that attitude. So, yeah, I think like when it comes to having conflict with a fellow Christian and they're, they're not willing to forgive you or be willing to talk to you, it is a little bit harder than the ones that that you're either not close with or someone that's not Christian because it's almost in your head like well I kind of expected that to yeah. happen mm-hmm. but like I'm not going to be that close to them but I'm not get that forgiveness that I was hoping to get so I think yeah you can have peace depending on the situation like yeah. depending on how close you are but ironically for me when I thought about this question I thought of two different situations something that happened to me and it's something that i did to somebody else so i'll, I'll share a little bit of both so i guess i'll bring up the first one something that happened to me because I, I brought it up on this podcast before uh actually on the very first episode and then i brought it up not too long ago one of these uh past episodes so you know back in eighth grade uh i remember there was this guy that was in our class, and I've never seen him before. This was like his first year coming into class, uh, eighth grade, and and anyway, this guy was like I don't know for some reason. I guess once you get into like thirteen years old, you start thinking like people start thinking of the idea of like like sex and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. this person is was a very I guess like some reason this guy had this idea of me that like i would like for him to touch me nah. and so so anyway we were having our class group photo i still have the photo to this day as one of those that's like in a little cardboard thing and like you roll out and have everyone yeah. in your class sitting on the bench in the gym and this guy's sitting next to me and i remember during the photos he he kept trying to grab me down there and i remember coming home to our mom crying about it and just telling her like how humiliating and embarrassing it was and and to this day like you know of course i brought it up in my first episode about bullying and so like, i guess it's still listening down even though i've never saw the person again after eighth grade i moved to tennessee i never really thought about it until i started talking about it on my podcast so a crazy story happened, and I don't know if this person's watching. I don't know if this person even remembers that they did this to me. But anyway, fast forward 17 years later. Mm-hmm. Here I am, 30 years old. Uh, a couple months ago, I threw this adult prom for a bunch of people. A lot of friends, family, like some of our family went. And, and this girl from my school, she asked me if she could invite someone from school. Uh, to come, like uh, this guy from school and his fiance, and I was like, "Who? Yeah, sure. Who is it?" She said the name. It's the same as that guy that did this to me when I was thirteen, and I was thinking, "Oh my gosh!" So, like, I, at first reaction, I was shaking because I was thinking, "Oh my gosh!" Like the the same guy that that I feel like harassed me throughout my whole eighth grade year and leading up to that situation. I was like, I'm about to be face to face with this person again. and Maybe it, I feel like it was meant to happen that way because when I saw this person face to face, uh, this person never addressed the situation, but I guess just seeing like they, this person spoke to me, it was very friendly, very nice. And I feel like maybe they, for all of them, maybe they did remember doing that to me, but maybe they didn't. maybe they were just at that age of, you know, you're 13, you're immature. You just think that playing around and stuff like that. So I felt like that was my point to where even if he didn't know that I was at peace with him at that point, uh, as soon as I saw him, I felt like I had this, like, closure of peace with him, like running into him again 17 years later. and, And he may never know that that situation really bothered me for the past 17 years from 13 to now yeah but uh but i feel like at that point i had that moment of like maybe his attitude of being more mature and i guess maybe even though i never got an apology but maybe just him being more mature and friendly is like the apology without an apology yeah, if that makes oh, sense. yeah. so so i guess that was like the first situation but then this other situation is something that i did to somebody else and uh, I'll probably explain a little bit more of, of it off the recording, but there was a situation on social media that happened back when I was in 11th grade in high school, <laughs> and I made a post and and I didn't think uh, anything about it. So it, it had to do with a football game, and it had to do with a, a certain schools like in our area, yeah. and. And so I went to this school, no, I went to our, like, school, Penns Valley. We were playing against a school that was in an area that wasn't so safe. Well, I'll say that. So I, I made a post about, before I went to the game, I made this post. And I won't say what the post said, but it came off very offensive to people and and i remember all these people writing like calling me different names on this status i didn't read it because until i got home because i didn't have like an iphone at the time i had one of those like phones that slid up like that (laughs) (laughs) so i didn't realize all of this stuff was being said on my post until i got home and all of these people were like really offended by this post uh, put out there so i ended up Um. reaching out to these people Uh, It was maybe like three or four people that wrote on my Mm -hmm. status, and three people responded back and were very, very, I guess, kind and forgiving, and they're like, you know, it's okay, you just don't say something like that again, so like, you know, don't. Uh, because it's very offensive, so yeah. I was like, okay. Like so, I learned my lesson out of that. So uh, keep this in mind that I was sixteen when I wrote this. Right. So <laughs> so I wasn't the most mature person, and you know I was I wasn't using my brain at the time. But there was this one person I reached out to, um, and they weren't very like. It was almost like they kind of like it was almost like yeah whatever or like it's okay whatever. And, but to this day, I can tell this person still does not like me. They still have nothing to do with me. I used to see this person when I was working at Fuji while I was going through college and before I got my job at Coke. I would see this person, and this person would maybe quickly, hey, and like just kind of go past. And um, But anyway, I, I invited this person to my adult prom because, because, well, I saw someone else invited her first to, to the prom, so I wanted to reach out to her as the host to let her know, oh, yeah, we will hope you do come and stuff like that. And she would just read my messages. And then, like, I, I got to the point to where I really needed to know the answer from people if they were coming or not. So I messaged her again, and she just read it. And then I was like, if you could just let me know either way whether you're coming or not, like, I would appreciate it. And, you know, because I need to know by this certain date. And I, I ended up going on my page, and I saw where she, like, removed herself from the event. So I was thinking, like she didn't even have like the, yeah. I guess, the decency to even just simply tell me I, I'm not able to come. Thanks, for, thanks for reaching out. So I am just thinking, even to this day, I can tell that this person hasn't forgiven me. Still has this idea that I'm I am one way when I'm really not that way. It's just over one post that I made yeah. when I was 16. So I guess it just goes to show that wow. that you don't think that one post can really be a big effect but it really can if you aren't careful with your words. So right. I, I sometimes I think about it and I wasn't close to this person. I just knew this person from school and but but at the same time it still sometimes bothers me that oh, there's really? this idea that someone I might as well throw the word out there that this person thinks that I'm racist. Yeah basically. And that I'm that I that I think that I dislike and that I'm just basically all about just white people and that's it so i just hate that someone has that idea of me so it can be hard to kind of keep be at peace with it but it's not something that i'm thinking of every day but uh, from time to time i'll see this person on like the people you may know on facebook yeah, yeah. or i'll see that they may be commenting on someone else's post that i went to school with and then i start thinking like gosh like it's just such a shame that one one insensitive post that I posted out there um, changed her whole like perspective on who I am and that maybe she thought right. of me of somebody, someone that was good and like just a quiet, good guy at one point, but now I'm looked at as like this evil kind of person. So even 14 years later, I still felt like I get that feeling from this person. So
1: I mean, it's really sad because I've had, Probably similar type of situations where I think people look at me, you know, in a certain way because they try to define you from basically one act of. of, uh, Even yours was probably as harmless, even though you may look back at it now and say, "Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that the way that I said it." Yeah. But originally it was harmless, but. I mean, all of us make mistakes. I mean, I'm sure that uh, that it was a lady, a woman. I'm sure that woman could have easily, she could easily, and you know, we could, or you could easily go into her life and see her failures. And uh, it's bad when a person tries to uh, to hold on to something and define who you are by one certain thing. Just think of all of us do that. That's the importance, I think, of as Christians bringing about being those peacemakers is because the world generally does not do that. Mm -hmm. That uh, is something, and definitely a Christian should never be as that lady is. Um, I'm not saying that she's a professed Christian. I don't know who this person even is, but I'm just saying it's not the actions of a Christian. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really isn't. It shouldn't be what a Christian does once again. We can sit here and say, well, You're being judgmental because you're saying that, well, she shouldn't be hanging on to that type of grudge and hatred or whatever, because that's really what it is towards you because of something that you said that may have been misplaced, but probably wasn't anything hidden behind what you had to say. So it's very difficult, and I've had those things too where um, someone has, I guess, judged my motives just off of something that I said when that's not, really who I am. Maybe I, maybe I did say something that was offensive, Mm -hmm. but that's not who I really am. You know, if you get to know me, I'm a a totally different person than this person portrays me to be. And man, that's, that's a, that's another type. I didn't even think about that type of thing until you were bringing that up. That's, that's a diff. that is difficult. You'll think about it. I think about things all the time where people think certain things of me because of one situation or one thing that I said, or, yeah, you know, even if the motives were wronged, it's still, man, you're defining me over one failure in my life, you know, that you're looking at yeah. as a failure instead of, well, giving me the benefit of the doubt, but maybe he's, maybe he wasn't meant for that reason. I hate to hear that. I mean, that really is yeah. difficult. Yeah.
0: And in mm. a way, like not that, when I say the word, I maybe consider myself somewhat of a people pleaser. I don't mean it maybe in the sense that like I uh, do things to make people think, Oh, look at him, he's cool, but more of the fact that like I, I hate even thinking that there's people out there that dislike me. Yeah. And maybe that's that's kind yeah. of something that I don't <laughs> find at peace. But at the same time, you when you do think about even the word of God where I'm gonna be on I know somewhere in the four gospels that I'm not sure exactly where, but like where it talked about like the world will hate you, like because it hated me, because it hated me first, yeah. or something like that. Like Jesus said that himself. So, like you know, I start thinking of like I know that Christians are like we definitely live in a culture in a society where where Christians are being persecuted, and even even here in America, maybe it may not be physical persecution, but it may be more just verbal, like yeah. attacking you yeah. and. And I guess that's why this whole, what we were talking about earlier, like where people can come at you for your political uh, beliefs and even your faith come into this situation. And, you know, I guess that's where I got this idea that, that, yeah, I don't want to be the people pleasing, like, because I want to stand for the word, but at the same time, I don't want to, I, I don't know, it's one of those weird things like where, you know, you, you're supposed to be stepping on toes if it's supposed to be like for the word of God and it's supposed to bring people to conviction. But at the same time, it's one of those hard things that like, you know, if you don't want to be looked at as, oh, there's an evil person that hates people, but, the, but like you said, like someone could just read one post and completely create a whole character for you out of that. Yeah. They, they know exactly who you are when they really don't. Based off that one post, they they have this idea of oh that's who Joel is like that's who yeah. that's how he is that's his true colors came out mm-hmm. and it's like well maybe that was just a a moment of just posting something that you know I didn't think would be insensitive or offensive but it did come off that way yeah so yeah it is just a shame how it can be that way but but I almost have just accepted the fact that maybe this person never will forgive me I've, I've tried to apologize to this person and you know kind of got the cold shoulder so you know there are just some people you know which though you just have to accept the fact that you yeah. know they, they will never like you and like yeah. I guess it just goes to show that even when you think about just Christians at a whole as a whole that the world is anti-christian yeah and like they're completely ready to jump on you so I'm kind of even if like I just got to realize that even just as one person It's kind of like a small dose of compared to like what christians go through around the world like i've seen many videos like even in jerusalem itself of christians being uh, taunted and mocked and attacked by people of other religions you know that do not think that jesus came here the first time and you know died on the cross in that very city so i think that um it's it can be very hard. So like it's yeah. hard to, sometimes it is hard to make peace with it, but sometimes you can't just accept the fact that it, that it is what it is. It's yeah. just the sad reality of it. Oh, yeah. So so I guess uh, going to my final question, I know we've talked a little bit about how chaotic this world is and, and then you turn on the TV and there's the news that comes on and the news is not really giving you the pleasing good news. They're usually giving you bad news and they're bringing a lot of division and stuff like that so i guess my final question is like here in the modern times of course like i said we have the news that tells us about all the craziness that's going on in this world so how do you as a christ follower have peace in a world full of chaos
1: that is a uh, that is very difficult at times mm-hmm. i mean that that is and an something that I have more and more and I know some people might say, man, I mean, you need to know what's going on. I do have apps and different things that I, I get the news from and and I see the updates of things, but I honestly, of course, primarily staying in the word of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I believe staying in the Bible, staying in prayer, staying connected to God, Focusing on what I know that I'm supposed to be doing by fulfilling the Great Commission. And of course, I do that through the website. Not everybody's going to have that same platform or do things like that, the website and the podcast that I have. But that's the platform that I do have and that I use that. And I think that we've got to primarily, because everybody's being called to that Great Commission to, to be making disciples. And I think that's got to be the primary focus. But the other thing that I do at times, and I've really even done this even more recently, probably in the past week, is I have really almost removed myself and I haven't removed my accounts because I'm probably not going to because that's how I share some of my stuff, but I just have really not got on social media much. Um, It's bothersome by just some of the things that people say. Mm-hmm. Once again, not only non-Christians, but Christians as well. Yeah. Talking about other Christians. You know, and making comments about certain views of other Christians and this and that. And yeah, I disagree. And I have a podcast where I have brought those things to the table. But once again, I'm not posting it out there for just to bring... it To me, it feels like you're bringing about division yeah. when you're trying to do those things on social media. I have for years stopped watching... The news. I mean, I really, I hardly watch anything. Once again, I am updated on a lot of the things when it does start getting around uh, the time of uh, the the uh, the elections and things like that. I do try to engage a little more into trying to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. But once again, I just try to stay away from it because it is very chaotic, and we do live in a nation, unfortunately, that is not Christian. I mean, yeah. people can say what they want; it's not. It was founded to some extent on Christian values, but not fully on Christian values. It was really the real freedom of religion. Yeah. And yeah, they were trying to break away from the, the tyrant of you know the Catholicism of that time that was really persecuting Christians and they were trying to pull away from that, but at the same time it wasn't primarily just focused on all Christian values. There was a lot of Christian values in the early stages of it. The United States, yeah. and but that has, as we can see, dwindled away to almost nothingness, even within our own churches. For God, you yeah. know, so and uh, so it's it is very difficult to do that and to stay focused with so much opposition to Christianity. But the only way that we can do it is stay in the Word of God, because we've got to realize you were talking about persecution. Uh, I hear, I hear. I hear people talk about persecution and say, you know, here in America we don't understand persecution, but really we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't understand physical like it's going to maybe cost our life necessarily. That's not something that maybe is a reality, but that's not only what persecution is. I, I've done a study on this, and uh, I know I've talked to this with my wife before. That persecution, it says many times you could go, and I just encourage you to do this, to go through the Bible. How many times that it says that the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders were persecuting Jesus? They weren't physically hitting him. They weren't doing, they were taunting. They were trying to get him to, get the crowd to turn against him it wasn't a a physical altercation. As a matter of fact, how many times do you see in the scripture where Jesus exits out of the situation because it was going to get physical, and he supernaturally somehow disappears out of their presence? Mm -hmm. So persecution is the things that we talk about. It is not the same as maybe another country like China or somewhere that's maybe, you know, and many others that are being executed for their faith and persecuted in a different form. But it is a form of persecution. And we are persecuted. And if you think about it, no other religion in the world is persecuted. Only Christianity. Why? Because it is the only true religion. Mm -hmm. And nobody is persecuted. You don't see... The, the Islamic, um, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. I don't know who all listens here, but nobody that is Islamic is worried about having their rights taken away. As a matter of fact, they're giving them cities and places where they can set up and have their religious things, especially yeah. up north. Christianity is being taken away little bits at a time. Prayer in school, prayer at football games all different types of things, even on social media where they get on there and they, they make sure that certain things don't get out to the public. Mm-hmm. They have this kind of, uh, I guess, they what do they call it, like big brother watching over you. And yeah. they make sure that certain things are not said. And when you do, then they cut your account off and yeah. things like that. And sometimes it is political views, but a lot of it is Christian values that's being attacked. And it is difficult, mm-hmm. but I would say, for me, staying in the Bible, staying focused on what I'm supposed to be doing in the Great Commission, and trying to stay off of some of this mess and not getting caught up into it, yeah. that's really the bottom line.
0: So. Yeah, I think that, that's a really good point to like, um, to basically get yourself away more and more from social media and like even the news as well. Because it does seem like that's where everyone gets all of this information from. To where it does cause negativity, it causes chaos and division and fighting. Um, with all of that, like especially with social media, you, like you said, even between Christians, you see some yeah. stuff. And it's like, is this how this social media was not designed for us to to be getting to these debates? Even though sometimes. Uh, if I'm being honest, sometimes when you see like a bunch of comments, you kind of want to read it all like, what is what is going on here? I do too. <laughs> but at the same time, like, at the end of the day, we know that it's not the way that social media is supposed to be wired to where you're seeing people fight against one another and all of that. But, you know, so I think that's one big thing, even like with the news. Like, I, I know someone that we both know that's close to us that watches the news a good bit and um hearing about the news pretty often here recently (laughs) and to be honest like sometimes i don't want to hear it just because it is so negative and also because it's to be expected like we know we know in the word of god it's talked about how things are going to get worse and wars and rumors of wars and families against one another and and I guess just whenever these especially currently with like the political race to who is going to be the Republican nominee and and is Joe Biden gonna still be running or is somebody gonna to try to take his place on the Democratic side? Like there's just a lot of well and even just currently with the Donald Trump trial and even yeah. with Joe Biden's son, like there's just so much like going back and forth with it all that sometimes you just wanna like I don't wanna hear it, like you just kinda yeah. wanna cover your ears and la 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 and just like <laughs> like I don't wanna hear it because it just it doesn't like it just feels like it makes you like the media I feel like they know what they're doing. Like, yeah. like it's almost like a control tactic. Like we want you to focus on all of this and we want you to fight about all of this, which is exactly what happened in twenty twenty with a lot of the situations that yep. happened where, especially leading up to the election, there were events that happened to where it was bringing a lot of division between people. Even with a situation like COVID, where it came to wear a mask, don't wear a mask, get the vaccine. If you don't get the vaccine, Mm -hmm. then you're inconsiderate. If you get the vaccine, then you're scared of COVID. So It's like, you know, it was just all over the place. And and I'm sure I will not be surprised if in 2024, there's going to be some of that stuff to happen to lead up to the election. To, to get the right, well, the right or the actual right person elected <laughs> into the office. So it, it just goes to show that the media knows what they're doing. And you are right when it comes to persecution that, that it is like a full like intention for everyone to go against God, Christianity, Jesus. Because you even see it in Hollywood, like you never hear them use Allah's name in vain. You don't hear Buddha's name in vain. Uh, Joseph Smith, whoever all you want to bring up, like it's God and Jesus Christ. That's yeah, it. it's like you yeah. only hear the the phrase Jesus Christ being used in a, a bad derogatory way, to where it's, it comes off offensive. You hear the GD like about everything now, every show that comes out, now every movie now, like even in like these Marvel movies, you hear GD, and it's like oh my gosh, like you know, just go to show that Hollywood even has a mindset of we're gonna go after God. Yeah. And it, it just goes to show because like they know that he's a threat. They know that one day you know they may not know it, but we know one day everything's gonna be made right. Yeah. And I think that's why we can have peace in the middle of all this chaos is because even if things aren't looking good left and right, there are things across the Atlantic Ocean, you know, whatever over in Israel you see all this war. You see war in Russia and Ukraine. But like, we know at the end of the day that, that we know what's going to happen. Uh, we could even read here in Revelation. I have uh, Revelation 21, verse 1 through 7, to tell you a little bit of what's going to happen here in the future. So uh, it says this. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. Also, there was no more seed. There will be no more death, no no sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And then verse 7 says this, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And I wanted to read that just because I love, like, one day that's going to happen. And that's, like, something that we know we are one day closer to seeing happen. It's not, we don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. We don't know if this podcast episode will come out before it happens. (laughs) Right. So we don't know if... uh, if it's gonna happen in a year, 10 years, like 20, like we just know that one, we're, all we know for a fact is that we are one day closer from this happening and it's something to look forward to because we can see like with the chaos that's going on in this world that that we know it's, it's getting to the point to where this world is kind of dying spiritually and like just, like within the people, like just wars and all that. So I think like you can kind of take comfort in that just because we know we've read the end of the book. We have right. the spoiler alert, basically. <laughs> we know that God's going to make things right and He'll
1: he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Right. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, I think, goes back to what I started this podcast with is your peace is not found on the circumstances around you it's found on the fact of the promises of God mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit that lives within you and the promises that Jesus Christ is your Lord and that he is the one that gives you this peace yeah. not because of the circumstances not because of the chaos that's around you not because Christians and their values are being pushed out and maybe persecuted to, to some extent and other cultural ideologies are being replaced with that. It's not based off of that that we have this piece. It's based solely from the triune God, mm-hmm. the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that's given us these promises. And that's that's really what it boils back down to Yeah. is that.
0: Yeah, I like that idea that like, it's kind of, we kind of got back to where we, we started. started. It was <laughs> like a full circle moment. That was pretty neat. Though, like, at the end of the day, it does point back to the fact that it is not based off what we are going through currently like to be living in fear and worry that you know, like of course we can be concerned but like at the same time yeah. we know that it is not something to fully worry about because we know that one day it's this is not this is going to be this is a temporary thing that we're going through this is something that is going to be over at some point yeah and that we are going to reach that light at the end of the tunnel And, you know, also just one other reminder that I'm sure I know people know this, but like just something that I love to remind myself is that the same God that Moses talked to, the same God that even our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ talked to, as the same God that we could talk to today, we have that opportunity to talk to the Lord. And I was just even thinking about uh, in like in the book of Judges, like in Mm -hmm. Judges 6, Um, we see where, like, Gideon builds an altar and calls it Jehovah Shalom, which is basically, like, a tribute of the Lord's provision and promise of peace as Gideon and the Israelites were kind of living in, like, a state of uh, fear of, like, you know, what was going on with, I think, was it the Midianites? Yeah. yeah. So, like, they were, you know, of course afraid, Mm -hmm. but we saw the outcome of that situation, and I just think that, like, even... Even in that situation you can see that even if they felt like maybe they had no other options like they felt like they were yeah. going to be defeated and they were afraid that the outcome was going to be defeat but like you could see that god could turn the tables so quickly and uh i think just as long as we fully depend on our lord and savior and as long as we remain in the word and that we just continue to keep that relationship Number one, keep that above all. I think that's just the the end goal of it all. Is to just you know keep keep God first and keep Him your priority, and just to never give up, and you just don't don't let the the chaos of this world get the best of you because it can. It could be hard to. Yeah. It could be easy actually you have to fall into the chaos of this world. But we just sometimes gotta scoop ourselves back up and like uh-uh like no we we know what's gonna happen at the end of this so but i i can understand if you know people fall into it because i've fallen into the chaos and i've yeah. gotten involved and in been part of a division where you almost choose a side and stuff like that so so i can't say that i've never done that so like it goes to show that even christians like you know we've both admitted and i'm sure that y'all who if you are christian watching this you can admit that you know, you've probably fallen into this as well to where you kind of gotten into the, you drink the Kool-Aid, basically that phrase like, (laughs) we've gotten into like the the chaos of it. But we just got to continuously remind ourselves that, first remain in the word of God, and then also take heart and be at peace and to realize that that one day things are going to be made right. Even if it doesn't happen here in the next hour, it may not happen the next day, but eventually it's going to happen. We just got to constantly remind ourselves of that. Right? So I think that's going to end our topic on peace. And I think it was a really good topic. I really enjoyed talking solely on this topic. So I thank you again for inviting me over. And I'm glad that we were able to talk about this. Oh, yeah.
1: Thankful for this. It's really, uh, to me, it's been helpful, not just from the things that I studied on myself, but hearing you and your side of it, it's always good to hear someone else's perspective and stories and things like that it helps, I think, build our faith and trust and, and understanding of how God works in other people's lives, too. So I thank yeah. you for uh, inviting me to be a part of this podcast. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and I hope that y'all enjoyed this as well, whether you are watching this on my YouTube page or if you are just listening to this from any of the podcast streaming platforms, I definitely appreciate your support there as well. So anyways, everybody, I hope y'all have an amazing rest of your day or night, depending on when you're watching or listening to this. And I will see y'all on the next episode of Not Your Joe. Talk to y'all later. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Not Your Joe. Joe. You should know the drill by now, but just in case if you don't, my podcast is available not only on YouTube, but also on most podcast streaming platforms, my Instagram page at Not your Joel Podcast. and I'll also have a website that you can visit at Podcast.com. My episodes will be coming out every Wednesdays going forward, so be sure to come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Thank you once again for your support,
1: and I will talk to you all in the next episode of Not Your Average Joel. Goodbye.